Boy, oh boy, is it humid outside. Rabbi Erps, you look so schwitzedick. Yes, I am. I'm sweating my head off. How is it that you're not sweating? Oh, uh, you're taller than me, so you're closer to the sun, so you feel the heat more. You have a spar for everything, don't you? Uh-huh, I do, I do, I do. Okay, so uh, are we ready to, to perform today? <laughs> what do you mean, are we ready? Of course we're ready. So let's remind everybody, by the way, I don't think I ever told this story before, so I really don't know how long it's going to take. So you mean I shouldn't interrupt so often? I guess that would be a good idea. So this way, maybe I could get a chance to tell the whole entire story. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, everybody, you're listening to uh, com. You can listen to us live on the telephone. That's correct. You can listen to us live on the telephone, 712-432-4217. Or you can listen to us live and follow the menu to check out the archives in case you miss something. And that number is... Well, you can always call 718-506-9099. That number again is... 718-506-9099. That was very nice. Okay, you're coming in a little bit better on time. Okay, now I'd like to remind everybody that uh, jradio.com uh, is a uh, organization that uh, could use your uh, donations to keep us going. So, therefore, if you'd like to send in your donations, which are kindly needed and kindly accepted, and you get a mitzvah for it too, is jradio2829, Notion Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That number again is jradio2829, Notion Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Okay, and if you would like to text in to find out information of how you can sponsor or advertise on jradio.com, then what you could do is you can go over and you could uh, uh, text in to 347-927-8398. That text number again is 347-927-8398. You can also, if you'd like, if you have a good story idea, something that makes sense in a story idea, then you can always text in on uh, that number again. I know what it is. I could see you're still schwitzing. Yes, I am. Okay, if you want to text in a story idea, it's a good one. It's 347-927-8398. Wow. That was pretty good for you. Okay. All right. So let's see. I covered everything like that. Oh, no, no. You left out one thing. What did I leave out? The number that we never, ever say. Are you trying to trick me to say 718-683? Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Why not? You're not going to do 718-683-5858, the number we never say? Uh, No, I'm not, because you just did it. Oh, Oh, boy, I wanted to trick you, and then I did it instead. Oh, well. Okay, that's life. Okay, uh, Gamzala Taivik. That's correct. Okay, so I'd like to remind everybody that if you're interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs, That's you! <laughs> no kidding. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, uh, so um, if you'd like to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs, so the number to call is 718-375-1294. And you could hire him for... Either storytelling or or uh, perhaps uh, martial arts demonstration or the famous, uh, the Hamish uh, show that's a big hit all over the place, the Koyach von der Moyach. The Koyach von der Moyach. Yep, that's right. So for more information, then you can call 718-375-1294. That's right. 
That's exactly what you can do. Okay, so what else do we have to tell you? Uh, well, about your CDs. Oh, yes, yes, of course. If anybody's interested in, in buying any of my uh, CDs, you know, that are digitally recorded and so on and so forth, then the number to call is 718-375-1294, and I'd be more than happy to fax you over the current list, and, of course, uh, you know, the price list and everything like that, or email it to you, either way. And, of course, go ahead, tell them about the new CD. Oh, yes, 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 I can't forget. Bez Hashem, you know, the summer is just about over, the bungalow season is over, the camp seasons are just about over, and even for the later camp seasons, they're just about over, and pretty soon, within maybe within two weeks, maybe less, or maybe a drop more, because we're not sacrificing quality, there will be a fantastic story CD by it's going to be a great one. It's going to be with all the studio effects and everything and all Rabbi Yitzhak's voices and everything. It's going to be amazing. And you know what else? What else? I'm on it also a little bit. Oh, yes, yes. You have a part in there. That's correct. And you know why it's so great? Yes, because you teamed up together. You teamed up together with Rabbi Yossi Framowitz, the head engineer from UFA Studios. Wow, unbelievable. This is going to be a sensational CD. Can I tell the title of the CD yet? Nope, 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 nope. Just to know that it's a beautiful, beautiful CD, a very long story with a lot of sound effects and music and background, whatever. And, of course, it's going to be edited and uh, engineered by Rabbi Yossi Framowitz, who is the head of uh, the UFA Studios. It's like a Valdica recording studio. Anyways, uh, that's about that. And when the time comes, we'll release it. All I can tell you, it's a fantastic, fantastic story with a tremendous lesson in it. Okay, and... Um, by the way, Rabbi Yossi, you know, a lot of people saw your, uh, uh... Yes, I know all about that. The Tish Above Tales, right? That's correct. They saw it, yes. Okay, now, can we go right there? Uh, yeah, but are you going to tell the story yet? Well, it depends if you're going to interrupt me or not. Uh, let's see. Did you forget anything? You talked about the CDs. You talk about the storytelling. You talk about art lessons. You talk about martial art lessons. You talk about energy exercises. You talk about any of those things. You talk about your book is still on sale in the stores, you know? Uh, Zelig the Wagon Driver is still on sale. You know what I mean? Did you tell about that? Uh, no, because you just did. Oh, I did? And then where, where, where did they call? Of course, obviously. You know, for the books, they can go into the stores. And for the CDs and the storytelling and all the other stuff, uh, they can just call, you know, <laughs> 718-375-1294, and I'll be more than happy to give them the proper information. And if I'm not there, they should leave a message. And you should be aware that, Baruch Hashem, I am getting pretty busy nowadays. And therefore, if I don't call you back the same day, the same moment you call, please don't be angry. You know, it's <laughs> just that takes time to get everybody's phone call to be returned and give you the proper amount of time that's necessary to explain you whatever is necessary to be explained. Okay, now that we get that out of the way, is there anything else? Uh, yeah. Um, the, the sponsorship. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, tonight's uh, story hour is uh, story time with Rabbi Yitzhak. And the sidekick! Oh, you want a sidekick? No, 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 no. I mean your sidekick, you know what I mean? Um, I'm, uh, I mean, like, I'm on the side, you know, I, like I... Yeah, my interrupter. Oh, yeah, whatever it is. You know, I mean, I'm not the interrupter. I never interrupt. You're right. You never interrupt. You just don't stop. I mean, that's... I mean, just kidding. Just kidding. Me too. Me too. It's so much fun when we both could kid and we can make jokes and we, we, we don't insult each other, right? That's right. Okay. Anyway, so uh, as we were saying, uh, there's nothing else that we left out, right? Ah, uh, 
by the sponsor. Oh, yes, of course. Tonight's show, uh, once again, is sponsored uh, for a foolish lema for Chaim Yosef Tzvi Ben Surah Miriam. Once again, it's sponsored as a foolish lema for Chaim Yosef Tzvi Ben Surah Miriam. And for Peral Bas Chaya Rivka. Once again, it's also being sponsored for a foolish lema for Peral Bas Chaya Rivka. Now that we got that out of the way, is there anything else? Ah, uh, yeah, there's one more thing. Yeah, what is it? How about telling the story? That's a great idea. And what are you going to do? Interrupt, like I always... Um, you see? Uh, well, I'll just sit on the side, and uh, when I feel like it, I'll... Uh, You'll sleep, right? No, 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 I can't sleep through your stories. I never sleep through your story. <laughs> what are you doing now? I'm sleeping before the story starts. Before the story starts. You're so funny. Thank you, thank you, I know that. Okay, anyways, um... Mm, what's the name of tonight's story? Uh, the Water Carrier. Oh, The Water Carrier. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. I see. Okay, the water carrier. And when did this take place? Oh, <laughs> do you carry water? Yeah, I go to shop and then I carry these big, you know, gallons. Well, this is the old-fashioned water carriers. You know, the guys used to put that bar across their shoulders and they carried the pails of water. Oh, like uh, 1800s? Well, actually, more like in the 1700s this particular story took place. Wow, where, where, where did it take place? It took place in uh, the section of Galicia. Oh, Galicia. Ah, Galiciana. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in Poland, right? Yes, it is. And which town did it take place in? Why are you asking so many questions? Why don't you just let me tell the story? Because I'm doing my job. And your job? Uh, to interrupt and test your patience, you know. I, I, and your job? I, oh, I have to learn Derek Harris. You're right. Okay, okay, so I've learned Derek Harris. We're a great team. Yes, we are. Okay, so here you go. Tonight's story is called The Water Carrier. Many, many, many years ago, in the 1700s, in the town of Tarnow, which was located in Galicia, which is located in Poland, there was a family that gave birth to a little baby boy. And this baby boy would be called Eliezer Lipper. But in those days, mind you, they didn't have medicines like they have nowadays. They didn't have medical facilities like they have nowadays. And I know you once told us that even if a guy got an ear infection in those days, they could just die from that, right? And sometimes a guy could sneeze and they, they could die, right? And that's why they, everybody says Gesundheit. Yeah, that's one of the reasons, yeah. Okay, but uh, there's more to that Gesundheit, but we won't talk about it now because it's not part of the story. But yes, you know, people, you know, like, they had to watch their health very carefully because if they got sick or a high fever, that could be the end of them. And uh, unfortunately, in Eliezer Lippa's case, his mother was Nifter when he was born. Oh, that's so sad. But it gets sadder. But then it gets happy again. It gets sadder and happy? I, I don't understand. I never tell a story that doesn't have a happy ending. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> for the crowds that we're talking to on the radio, yes, I have to have a happy ending. Ow! So you're going to throw me out of the studio? No, no, no. I don't mean that kind of happy ending. You know what I mean. Okay. Anyhow, so this is the story. Yeah? Okay, go ahead. All right. So here I go. Go ahead. You'll see. Okay, okay, okay. Anyways, um, so in this town of Tarno, there was a person 
who is married and his wife gave birth to this little boy, Chikalili, as a lipa, and she was nifta at the time that he was born. You said that already? I know, but I'm trying to be continuous without you interrupting. Okay, I'll try. You'll try what? To interrupt? I mean, I'll try not to interrupt. I mean, yeah, okay. Anyway, so one year later, the father got sick and he was nifter. Oh, boy, that's so sad. Yes, it is. Because he became a yossum completely. He had no mother, no father. So who took care of him? He's only like one year old. What did he do? Crawl around the street? And then he put out his hands and says, Nadova, Nadova, Nadova. No, 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 no. Baruch Hashem, he had an uncle who was a farmer. And he took care of him. He took him into his house. And he raised him. He raised him like a stork of corn or something? No, 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 Yossi. He took care of him. Oh, so he grew up to be a big, great Talmachachim, and he was a big tzaddik in his generation. Well, he would turn out to be a tzaddik, I guess. But, uh, no, he was not a big Talmachachim. What? But, but what did he do? Well, he gave him room and board, he fed him, and he took care of him. Except that his uncle, his uncle Yussel, was a very, very hard-working person. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, uh, he was a very hard-working person, all right? And and being that he was a very, very hard-working person, okay, he was a very hard-working person. And he just didn't have time to think and, and take the time to hire a Rebbe for him. So he taught him a little bit on his own. Oh, so he had a Gemara head? No, no, no. So, so what did he do? Well, he taught him a little bit of Aleph Bays and a little bit how to read. Wasn't the greatest reader... And he didn't learn Chumash even. Didn't learn Rashi even. Well, if he didn't learn Chumash, how could he learn Rashi? That's a good point. Okay, so anyway, so what happened was is, he learned how to read, but he didn't know the translation of his davening. Ay, ay, ay. So how could he daven? He just knew that the davening was a way to thank Hashem and to show your love to Hashem. And that's what he did. And he tried to be very nice. And he was brought up nice, you know, not to be a Balgaivenik and not to be a big shot and not to be a Lushan Horonik. Oy vey, not a Lushan Horonik? What do you mean, oy vey? I mean, well, that's amazing, you know. I mean, I brought up by a simple farmer and then he doesn't talk Lushan Horonik? Nope, not at all. Anyway, so let me tell you what happened. So this great, great Sadik. Let me tell you what ended up happening was... He was a great tzaddik, you just told me. Yes, yes, eventually. Because I don't want you to think it's a sad story. Oh, okay, Malchus Shep. Okay, so what happened? Well, <clears throat> you see, what happened was is like this. Eliezer Lipa started to grow older, old enough to get married. But during all those years, he never learned much Torah at all. Nothing. And finally, the time came for him to get married, and his uncle Yussel... Made a beautiful chasna for him, but of course, because he was a simple person, he just couldn't marry a daughter of a Talmud Chachem. He also married a simple person, but she also had very good qualities. She was a Balmidas Taivas. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, that sounds good. Okay, and now what happened? Well, now what happened is there was a boy named Yossi. Oh, I thought that was the uncle. Yeah, but there's a boy, like, sitting next to me named Yossi. Yeah, 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 what about him? And he sat so quiet throughout the whole story. It was simply amazing. Could you believe it? Uh, um, you're talking about me, huh? Yep. And can you sit so quietly? Uh, um, um, uh, um. Let's try it. Uh, 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 uh. Let's try it. Uh, that's so nice. Let's see if, how long you can hold it like that. 
Hold my breath? No, 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 just to be quiet. Okay. All right, anyways, uh, let's go weiter. Uh, no, 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 I go weiter. You go weiter being quiet. Okay, so anyway, so what happened was like this. When he got married, he decided he's going to go to work. He has to support his wife. And so he decided he's going to be a bricklayer. Uh, let's see now, I'm a strong fella, I could, uh, do bricks, maybe, uh, you know, or something like that, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, you, you need work, uh, for a bricklayer, maybe, is it possible? Oh, uh, yeah, sure, 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 uh, you over there, sitting over there. Uh, excuse me, you talking to me? Uh, yes, you, uh, what's your name? Uh, my name is, uh, El- Eliezer Lipa, why? Hey. You know, I could use more than one bricklayer. Would you like to help build this house over here? Uh, 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 oh, it's a nice idea. Maybe i help you. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm going to help you. Thank you very much. I'm a pretty strong fella. Oh, uh, yes, I see that. And that's why I'm calling you. Come over here. And you too. Yeah, sure, 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 no problem. And so, of course, the three of them, they worked on building and so on and so forth. And so for a while, he was a bricklayer. And then after a while, he decided to do other work. After the all, bricklayers don't work every day. It's not every day they build houses. So for a while, he even worked for some farmer to dry straw. Actually, that's grass, to dry it so that it should become straw. And that meant he had to cut and reap the grass, the tall grass, and then put it out by the sun, let it dry out, and so on and so forth. And he, little, he did a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and that's what he used to do. And then, one day, as he liked to do, when he used to go inside the shul to daven Mincha Meirev, in between Mincha Meirev, they gave a shear. And that shear was very interesting. This was a shear that was on the level of the Balabatim, the simple people. It wasn't a pilpul shear, it wasn't such a big drush and everything like this. There was a person named Rav Gedalyam, it was a Malamed. But between Mincha and Mayrev, he used to speak to the people. But he spoke to them on their level. And one day, he started to tell something which seemed to ring right into Reb Gedalia's head. No, because Reb is the one that spoke. And I'm so proud of you, Yossi, because you didn't correct me. I know, because you were testing me, weren't you? Yes, I was. So you just remain quiet and I continue. So Gedalia said a story that went into Eliezer Lipe's head. And so this was the story he said. I want everybody to pay attention to what I'm saying. Sometimes it happens that a person thinks that who am I? I'm a simple nobody. And if I'm a simple nobody, then maybe Hashem Yisborach doesn't like me uh, because I'm not a big Talmudogram. But you know something? This is not true. Hashem Yisborach likes anybody that dedicates his life to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whatever mitzvahs he can do, he does with his full heart, and he shows his love and devotion to Hashem Yisborach. Do not imagine you have somebody who's a big Talmud Chochem, knows how to learn very, very well, but he speaks Loshon Hora all day long. What is his learning worth? Eh? And you imagine you have a person that doesn't learn all day, but he's very careful not to speak Loshon Hora. Upstairs in Shemayim, you know, <laughs> you know what they're going to say. They're going to say the person that didn't speak Lashon Hore is Mer Choshev, is more holy, more special than the other person. On the other hand, of course, of course, of course, of course, if somebody sits and learns and is able to learn, 
And he's not just learning, but he's also very careful what he does. He's careful with the mitzvahs. He doesn't talk Lashon Hara. Yes, such a person is Choshev. But it doesn't mean that the person who just doesn't have the opportunity to learn can be Choshev in the eyes of Hashem. You know, Hashem loves a person who when he works, he works hard. And the main thing is he does an honest living. And he's satisfied with what he has. This is also a very special person. And all of a sudden, these words were internalized by Eliezer Lippa. Eliezer Lippa started thinking to himself, Wow, wow, wow. Ah, bye. Ah, bye. I think it's reaching inside my head. Mm-hmm, uh-huh, yep. Sounds like a great idea. So I have to work hard and be honest. I gotta try to have something more steady. You know, not just to look a job here and a job there. Hmm, what can I do? <gasps> Wait a minute. I know. There's a person named Zalman Dave. He's a water carrier. But he can't carry water to every place. <laughs> So let's see what we can do. Hmm, let me think a little bit. Oh, I know. Of course I have it. Sure, why not? <laughs> why didn't I think about this before? And when Dahlia heard him talking out loud, uh, excuse me, everything all right? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> and my thoughts came out of my head. I'm sorry, very sorry. I, I keep my thoughts to myself, okay? And so he started to keep his thoughts to himself. He said, I got it. Hey, hey, Zalman Dov, he's a water carrier, but he can service everybody. Hmm. I'm a great idea. What am I going to do? I'm going to become a water carrier too. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm not sure I'm going to take away any of his customers. I'm going to sit down with Zalman Dov. Uh, 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 hello, Zalman Dov, can I talk to you? Uh, you want to talk to me? Go right ahead. <coughs> uh, what's the matter? Uh, listen here. Zalman Listen. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, what's the question? Uh, listen. Uh, you know you're a water carrier. Do you serve the whole town? Uh, no, I, I don't serve the whole town. Uh, you know, because I know I have a big mishpocha, and I like to support them and everything. But, you know... um. The thing is that, um, you know, um, um... Yeah, um, um, what? Um, um, what? Uh, well, um, you know, but I like to, uh, to also bring water to the shul. Uh, you know, there's four shuls in our little shtetl here, and I bring water, you know, to the shuls. And, and of course, to the shuls, I don't charge any money. You know what I mean? Because, after all, water is supposed to be free. And you're only paying for the service of, of doing the carrying of the water. That's all. Making it easy for you. Now, I can't go over to the shul and ask them to give me money. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, you know, like, instead of buying seats uh, for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, I, I bring them water during the whole year. Uh-huh. Sounds very nice. Very nice. Okay. So, you don't mind if I... Take customers that are not yours. Oh, sure, sure. Everything comes to the point of Shalom. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. If you want to be a water carrier, you could be, because I'm sure you're not going to take my customers. It's not like you to do that. Of course not. I wouldn't do that. And so, sure enough, he got a couple of customers. And how many customers did he get? Well, 
You got a, a few dozen here, maybe a couple here, here and there. But one thing was good. Out of all his customers, he had four very rich customers. And they used to pay him very, very well. Those four customers kept him going. And everything was fine and dandy. But after about ten years of marriage... He finally had a child. His wife gave birth to a boy, and they called him Elimelech. And then another five years later, gave birth to another boy named Meshulam Zushia. And these two boys were very, very interesting. They were not too smart, not too bright, and they weren't as strong and big like their father was. But yet... Every day, as best as possible, as best as possible, Eliezer Lipa went over and was mispalal together with his wife. But because Eliezer Lipa was making a bisselagelt, not being like a rich man, but enough that he was able to hire a malamed for his children. So this way his children could learn Torah even more than him. And that was his goal. And every day he was doing this. Now it was like about 15, 20 years later. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. He's starting to come past middle age. And one day, as he's traveling through the streets, there was a person that came to the streets. It was a man with a beard and everything like this. And it wouldn't be until many, 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 many years later and they would find out that this man was none other than the Heiliger, the Holy Balshemto, who came in disguise because he had a message for this very, very special Yid. But he had to do it in a way that he wouldn't realize that he's giving him directly the message. So what was the message? Ah, you slipped! Oh, sorry. Okay. And so what happens is like this. One day, as he was schlepping water, and he put it on his wagon, and he was going into the town to bring the water, all of a sudden, he saw a crowd gathered around this person. Hey, what's going on here? Hey, Chaim Dubi, what's happening? Uh, well, to tell you the truth, this guy over here is dashing, you know. He says nice stories, midrashic stories, really cool, you know. Ah, ah. Eh, Shlomazalman. Eh, I mean, I'm mean, sorry, not Shlomazalman. Eh, sh- sh- uh, yeah, Shlomazalman, what are you doing here? What do you mean what I'm doing here? Sigur Walder, good Walter. Tears, simple tale, this man tells you so beautiful. You should stop by and listen too. Uh, but I gotta deliver water. Well, don't worry, your water will get there a little bit late. It's not such a hot day. And besides, take a look. Zalman Doiv is over here, too. Ah, Zalman Doiv, how are you? Uh, okay. Come on, just sit down here and stop talking with Chaim Doiv. Yeah, that's right. I'm busy listening to him, okay? So, I'll talk to you later if you want. How about busy? Let me see what this guy's about. And suddenly this man, who happened to be the Baal Shem Tev, but they didn't know it, he started talking. Say, hey, Ligera Moisai, listen to me. I see 
that a big crowd is here. Fine, I can start again the story. So let me tell you what happened. It was in the times of the base Samigdash. And a medrash tells us about this rich, rich man. A very well-to-do man. And this rich man, let me tell you what happened. This rich man went over and he wanted to bring a carbon to Hashem. But he was very rich. And, you know, it was not much for him to bring a carbon. He could afford it. But so, nonetheless, he gave the best that he had. He got a big, fat, big bull. And he wanted to bring it up as a carbon. And so, along the way, he's going up to the road to the Yerushalayim. And coming to the big hill. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the bull stops. And you know what happened? This bull was very big. And the rich men and the servants started to pull the bull. But the bull wouldn't go. They went behind the bull. They started to push the bull. And the bull didn't go. And finally, watching this little thing was this oh, little poor person coming up the hill. What's happening over here? What's the problem? <laughs> What's the problem? What's the problem? You asking me what the problem is? Look, I want to bring this bull for a carpet in Yerushalayim by the base of Mingdash, and he doesn't want to move. Oh, I see. Well, let's see. I have a bunch of vegetables uh, that I brought here with greeneries and, and greens and everything for my family to eat, but now i got to do a mitzvah. Gotta help these people. All right, you know what I'm gonna do? Here, I- I'll help you. <laughs> How are you going to help? You, you're a skinny little nothing. What are you gonna do? Pull this bull all the way up? You're not that strong. No, no, I have another way. Here, little bully. Here, would you like a little vegetables? <laughs> would you like a little more? And sure enough, the Balshemtov continued the story and he said, And so, Raboisai, let me tell you what happened. This poor man, he kept giving the vegetables and the greens that he had with him. And he used up all of it. He didn't have for his family in the end. But nonetheless, the bull followed him up. And it came to Yushalayim. And this rich man, though, let me tell you something. He just said a simple thank you. He said, oh, thank you very much is what he said. Oh, no, he didn't say it that way. Excuse me, how do you know? Because he talked a little different. He probably went and says, Oh, thank you! All right, so don't get so technical. All right, anyway, so that's what happened. So he thanked him, and that's it. But the rich man didn't even think of replacing the greens that he had the vegetables to pay him or anything like that. No, he was so excited about his carbon. And he just gave it because to show he's a rich man, he can give a carbon. And, and believe me, a rich man can give a carbon with the right kavanas too. But not this particular rich man. And then later on that night, the rich man had a dream. And in the dream, he heard a voice. And the voice, obviously, was a malach sent from Hashem and said, Hear ye. Hear ye, you must understand that your carbon was not well accepted, but instead, in the eyes of Hashem, 
this poor man who did the mitzvah of helping you out with his fullest heart and gave of his last of his greens and it ended up that his family didn't have supper that night. Yes, he is the one that is more chashev. His sacrifice that he did was well accepted by Hashem. Your carbon, uh, not very well accepted. And so Rabboisai, continued the Baal Shem Tev, so we have to understand that what Hashem really wants from a person is that he should put his heart and soul into do a mitzvah, not just to do a mitzvah. You know, when the Pirkei says, Lafum Tzara Agra, that the harder it is for you to do a mitzvah and you do it, it really means that, you know. So, uh, Rabbi Isai, think about it. It's uh, how you do a mitzvah and how well you dedicate yourself to Hashem and how you learn to live on just what you need. No, you don't have to be the richest guy in the world to do mitzvahs. And if you happen to be blessed to be a rich person, then of course you should be using your riches not just for your fancy lifestyle, but you should be using your riches to help poor people. Because that's one of the reasons why Hashem gave you the riches. You know, that's the way it goes. Anyways, I must be on my way. Saigasund, all of you. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's very good. Uh, so it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think? I, I think it was gewaldic. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, let me think about this. And all day long he thought about it. As he brought water to each one of his customers back and forth, he just couldn't get out of his mind. And finally, when he came home for supper that night, he spoke to his wife, and he told over what this man said. So my dear husband... Uh, Elias Alipa, what do you want to do? What I want to do? I tell you what I want to do. I have a great idea. First of all, our kinderlech are old enough to go away to yeshiva to learn in a better yeshiva. Out of town, yeah? To another shtetl where mamas kedoylem live. So we're going to send them there. Meantime, when you go away, we're going to have two beds, right? Yes. So we're going to take you in two orphans, or two poor people, or two something, two children over here in their place. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a nice mitzvah. And uh, why are you looking at me like that? And I was just thinking, what he said, we have to serve our Kodesh Borchu with all our hearts and soul. We have to do something. I have a great idea. You know, as Almondorf, he has the four shuls, and I would not take it away from him, but he doesn't get any money. I have a great idea. If he's masking, I'll give my four rich customers to him, and I'll take the shul. And we'll make just enough from what I make from the other customers, even though they don't pay me so much. But at least I'll be serving a Kodesh Bochu. I'll make sure that the people have water when they go wash their hands before they dive in. And when it comes to shul, uh, and they have to wash uh, by, 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 you know, either by uh, Shalashudis or, or they buy uh, by Malava Malka, they'll have water. What a big squish it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be Gewaldic. Uh, what do you say? I think it's a great idea. I like it. I'm asking. We don't have to live in riches. Uh, okay, very good. All right, sounds good. All right, fantastic idea. And so he went over to Shlomo Zalman. I mean to Zalman Dave. And he went over to Zalman Dave and he said, Shazalman Dave, that's my proposal. You do something? 
I have my mishpachas growing and growing. I have connected with a lot of children. And I could use those four rich people as customers. Okay, I'm asking. At least I know that the shul is going to get water because it's in good hands. And you're going to take care of it, right? Yeah, 100%. And so, sure enough, he took care to make sure that there was enough water for the shul. All four of them in that town. He was very, very careful about it. And in the meantime, as time went on, as time went on, he was doing this. And one day he said, I know, I noticed that the last time when they were washing by Malava Malka, they were almost down to the bottom of the barrel of water. I got a great idea. I have to make sure that there's plenty of water. So this time I'll take an extra bucket with me, an extra big filling pail, and I'll bring more water to the shul. And that's what he ended up doing. So he brought more water, but when he went to lower the pail into the river one more time to get water, a miracle happened. There was a fish inside the pail. And he took the fish home with him, and he told his wife, Look, look, we're going to have fish. Lekovet Shabbos Kodesh. When was the last time we had fish? Lekovet Shabbos Kodesh. And his wife was so excited. Oh, you're so right. We haven't had fish in a long, long time. That's right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to celebrate. Here's the fishy. You, uh, you know, do whatever you have to do and, and make a filter fish or a pickled fish. I don't know, a pickled head. I don't know, whatever kind of fish it is you take care of. Yes, that's my job. I'll do that. I'll do that. No problem. And so sure enough, she was taking care of the fish. And all of a sudden, she gave a geschrei. She screamed, Oi, 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 this is terrible. Terrible? It's a rotten fish? No, the fish is very good. Shouldn't have the problem. The problem is, look what I found in the fish. Um, a rotten peanut butter shell jelly sandwich? No. A uh, squashed apple? No, fish don't eat those stuff. Oh, you're right. Uh, a worm? No. Uh, so what do you find? Look. Oh, a diamond. So what's the big deal? What? You found a diamond? Oh, yeah, wait, wait a second. This is Yosef Moika's story? Yosef Moika's Shabbos story? What's going on here? I think Hashem is testing us. Oh, you know something? You're right. Hashem is testing us. We could be very rich from this diamond. And then, no, but then I wouldn't serve Hashem with the same love. No, I, 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 I don't want a diamond. I don't know what to do. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to go to the Heilige Gatsadik, the Tano, uh, uh, the Tano uh, uh, Rov. Yeah. And so he went to the Rov of Tano, and uh, Rov said to him like this, Ah, and he has a leaper. In a way, maybe Hashem is testing you. But listen to me. You may take the diamond. Don't have to worry to return it. Because maybe the fish just ate a diamond that was in the water for who knows when. Listen, you just take the diamond, you uh, sell the diamond, and give at least 10% to Tzedok, okay? Eh, uh, okay. I'm sorry, I can keep the diamond? Yes, you can keep the diamond. And 10%? Yes! But on the way home, he had other thoughts. And when he told his wife all about it, she said, 
mamaskim, mamaskim, mamaskim. Yes, you can take the diamond and sell it. And yes, we'll take half of the money and, and support yeshiva bocharim that are learning Torah. And the other half will support poor people. And we'll continue living the way we are. And you'll continue being the water carrier. And we'll be happy with whatever we have. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. And sure enough, he passed that test. And life was going on. The years would go on. He was starting to get a little bit older. And his uncle was still around at that time. And even though he was getting older too. But the meanwhile, let me tell you what happened. One day, he was going with his horse and wagon. Giddy up! Let's go! Giddy up! <laughs> and as the horse was going, suddenly the horse stopped. Why you stop for? What's the matter with you? I says a little mud in front of you. What's the big problem? I don't understand when you sneeze like that. I'm sorry, I don't understand horsey talky. Okay, what, what, what? Uh, okay, you know what? Let me see what's... You're afraid to walk further. Let me see. Oh, there's a, a, a broken jug on the floor in front of you. You could have stepped over it, you know? Let me, uh, let me clean away some of this mud. Maybe it belongs to somebody. Oh, it's cracked and broken, and there's no semen on this anymore. And, whoa, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The last rain's washed away a mud. Who knows how long this has been here? There's a bunch of golden coins in this thing. Oy vey, the rabbinish limb is testing us again. No, 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 no. But let me bring this home. And he brought it home. And again he went to the Tarno, the Tarno Rav. And the Tarno Rav said, Yes, you may keep it. Because nobody claimed it for years and years. And nobody was expecting it. I'm sure it's Yish Medas. Don't worry. Okay? You may keep the money and... I know what to do. The mice and everything. But the mice, what he ended up doing, he began to realize he was getting old and he couldn't carry the water the same way he used to. And he always wanted to make sure he took care of the water for the shuls, for all four of those Bote Midrashim. And so what he did was... He took money and he gave the mice for the poor. And then he dug a hole in the bottom of his house and he buried the coins over there. And every now and then, when he didn't have enough money to give for tzedakah, forget about the fact that he didn't have enough money for himself. No, he wanted to always give that certain tzedakah. And when he didn't, that's where he took it from, from those hidden gold coins. Meanwhile, as this was going on, the years were going on and on. And he was finally getting pretty old. And it was getting a little bit more difficult to carry the water. And one day, somebody came to him and said, Um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I hate to bring you bad news. But your Uncle Yussel, he was nifty, he passed away. And so there was a big leviah. But unfortunately, Uncle Yussel did not have any children. And so he gave everything as a Yerusha to Eliezer Lipa. And Eliezer Lipa started thinking and he looked and he saw over the years his uncle built up the farm to a great farm and there was a mill over there and there were houses over there, a bunch of things over there. And uh, Eliezer Lipa started thinking, I want to serve Hashem with all my heart and soul. How can I do it if I have all these riches? Hmm, let me think. I know the Rebbe is going to tell me I can keep it. After all, 
Hayashnit. But I want to be able to serve Hashem with my honest hard work and, and with my love to Hashem and love to Him and everything. I'm happy that Baruch Hashem, my children are going out to be great Talmidei Chachomim. So what should I do next? Ah, great idea. Let me tell it to my wife. Hello, Sprinze. Yes, ah, Elias Alipo, what now? You look so happy. Uh, well, you know, I came back from the Levaya from my uncle, my fetter, you know. Oh, so then why are you happy? I'm not happy, but I'm happy. Huh? Well, I'm not happy, my swear, I mean, my, uh, my, well, yeah. You mean you're not happy that your uncle died? Yeah, that's right. I'm not happy that my uncle died. However, I'm happy that I could do more mitzvahs. What do you mean? Well, my uncle, you know, he had riches. He built up the farm very big, and he had the mills, and he had this, and he had that, and he did. Anyways, so there's a lot of riches over there. And there's a lot of little houses over there. I don't know what to use them for, but I have a great idea. What, what, what? We could arrange that, um, how you say, Talmidi Chachomim, B'nai Torah, can live in those houses without having to pay us rent. And this way, we're doing a mitzvah. And also, we give them a piece of land enough near the houses that they could farm a little bit and have vegetables for themselves. What do you say? I like that idea. It's gewaldic. And sure enough, he did that. And from the mill, they were able to get flour for everybody from the mishpacha. And that's what ended up happening. And so he lived most of his years like that. He did not take a single piece of riches for himself more than what he needed. And he continued giving his large amounts of tzedakah. And once in a while when he ran short, and especially when he couldn't be a water carrier anymore because he was getting too old, that's when he once in a while took out from the hidden coins that he found in that broken jug. That's what he did then. But basically as a whole, he remained dedicated to Hashem. Unbelievable, right? Wow! So this guy, Lipa, even though he wasn't a big Tamachachem, but because of his middles, he was considered like a big tzaddik, right? That's correct. And obviously, obviously, if a person can have both, be a Tamachachem, and have great middles, Tobos, that would be even greater. But in the eyes of Hashem, do you know, somebody once told me a story that happened with the earlier, earlier Satma Rebbe with Riel Teitelbaum. There was once, uh, you know, everybody knows about this great tzaddik who did so much things for people after the war. This big tzaddik named Rabbi Elimelech Tress. So Rabbi Elimelech Tress once was in the Satma Shul, and the Satma Rebbe said they should give him an aliyah. And over there, they generally didn't give an aliyah to somebody who didn't have a beard. So one person came over to the Satma Rebbe and he said, I'm sure me Rebbe, but... Uh, but Captain Manali, yeah, I mean, all this kind of boot. You give me an Ali, he doesn't have a beard. What are we going to do? But the Satma Rebbe, who saw into a person's soul and understood what kind of person this personally Malachtras was. So he said, the Satma Rebbe told me, he said like this, he said, You should know, when the time comes and this personally Malachtras goes up to Shemayim, they're going to say, Yid, where is your beard? But do you know, when you go up to Shemayim, they're going to ask you, Beard, where is the Yid? 
Wow, I understood that. Midos is the most important. Ah, right, because I remember my Rebbe told me that one of the purposes of learning Torah is to have the good Midos, because if you don't learn Torah, you don't know what kind of Midos to have, right? That's correct. That's correct. And that's why the more Torah you learn, if you are already have a natural instinct to do good stuff, you can do it even more. Wow, that was fantastic. Wow, I guess uh, you end the story a little bit early. Well, I actually had no idea how long the story was. I thought it was going to be longer, and that's why I did more narration pieces in the middle of the story, because I just don't remember telling the story ever. And so I had no idea how long it was going to take, so I, therefore I cut some pieces short, and I did more narration. It was still a great story. The lesson was fantastic. Basically, if I understood correctly, you know what? Instead of you understanding correctly, let's see what the people who call in say. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Uh, hello, you're on the air. What is your name, and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? Me? Yes, you. Uh, my name is Abigail Simon, and the lesson that I learned is that you should always do the mitzvah Hashem. Excellent. Beautiful. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes? What? Oh, hello. Hello, you're on the air. What's your name, and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? Okay, hi, Masha. And you got to yeah. do this quickly because our phones are lit up all over the place. All right. Okay, go ahead. I am ready for the guess what time it is. Okay, just just, t- time. just right, tell so us the lessons. Just tell us the lessons I because... Yes. Okay, two, yeah. just like the last time. Okay, Number what's two lessons? Two, you should have good midos and right. good drumo. You should always give tzedakah. Very good, excellent. Thank you very much, Masha. I'm See glad... Yes, okay, now i got to go to the next caller, sorry. Hello, you're on the air. What's your name? Moshe Nahum. Moshe Nahum, okay. Oh, I think you called in last week. Okay, and what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Um, that if you give tzedakah, um, you're considered as a great tzedakah. Excellent, that's right. If you give tzedakah, you consider a good tzedakah. It's one of the things. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Yoshua Nachum. Yoshua Nachum, oh, the brother. Well, <laughs> one after the other. Okay, and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? That you don't have to learn Torah and 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 be a Talmud Chacham to, to, be, to be great in Jamaica. You could still do mitzvah and have good midot. Okay, that was well said, but I want to adjust it a little bit. It's not that you don't have to. I mean, it means that if the opportunity doesn't come your way, like not everybody has the opportunity to be able to sit and learn Torah, but it doesn't mean you can't be a balmidos, a balzidoka, balchesed. That's what it means, because basically the whole purpose of learning Torah is to make yourself a better person. And if you're able to become a better person, you have good midos and so on and so forth, then... You know, of course, in Shemayim, you could be looked on even greater. You understand? Right. Okay, so I guess that's what you want to say. Okay, hello, you're on here. What is your name and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? Hello? Are you there? Hope the phone system didn't die. Oh, well. Huh? That's it? Okay, the phone system died down. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, sorry can't take the rest of those. Hundreds of calls that are coming in. Okay. So until next week, everybody have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful Shabbos. And see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.